this is marissa this is denise and we are are you there god it's us the book bitches and we are talking about our 2021 wrap-up for books today we are going to be talking about five of our favorite books one of our least favorite books and we have some questions to ask um the first question is going to be what criticism do you have for this book what character did you relate to or find more significant? What did you love about this book? Do you feel like the reviews were fair for this book? And what put this book in front of other books? So with that being said, we're not going to answer all five questions for every book because that shit's ridiculous. Boo. Boo. <laughs> but we will answer one question per book. So we did pick our top five. Um, different top fives for both of us. Mm-hmm. And our least favorite. But with that being said, before we get into that, what have you been reading this week? Oh, so Jeffrey Deaver and his Lincoln Ryan podcast. Oh my god. Uh, Lincoln Can Ryan you please- podcast his series. He well, he just released another one last year, like late last year. And I finally it was on my Libby app, my library app. Uh-huh. And it was like a 12-week wait. And I uh-huh. just got it, so. Why is it 12 weeks? Because it's new, new. Okay. And they only... So they have as many copies as they have physical copies. Mm. Do I understand why for an ebook? Yeah, I'm just curious no. about that. But so there were two copies and there for was their like virtual, 20 people For their virtual, fake virtual library? No, I know. Okay. I read two books by Rachel Hawkins. The first one was Reckless Girls and the second one was The Wife Upstairs. Both of them are based on classical novels, so the first one was based on the 12 little soldiers? 10 little? How many fucking soldiers were there? Enough. Some soldiers by Agatha Christie. Some amount. A little bit, a few. It was in the teens. Yeah. And then the second one's based on Jane Eyre, which, fuck all of the people in that book, for sure. I like the protagonist i know you didn't care for her but i i quite liked her both of those were actually really really good they're very fast reads and then i'm reading another one that i got for christmas called she lies in wait about a 14 year old who has discovered 30 20 some amount of years decades after her death do you know numbers right now i mean we could start with the worst and bash the fuck out of some novels oh okay 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 so do you want to go? Why do you have five worst books? I couldn't pick. I couldn't. You can't do all. No, I'm not going to do all five. <laughs> I'm just going to like off the cuff decide which one is my first one. Okay, go ahead. Decide now. Wait, what? I is- literally <laughs> asked you first. <laughs> decide. <laughs> um, oh, no. No, now I'm sweating. I don't know. These are so, all so bad. So my first. So my, okay, so my worst book, okay, part of the reason that it's, like, was so hard for me to name this was because I was really, really, really excited about this book. Denise tried to get me into her circular <laughs> logic right now, and I'm not going to be fooled by you. Her phone. You're just getting on my nerves at the end of the day. Like, today you have it's done two thirty. I know, and you've done, like, four things that I wanted to kill you for. I didn't do anything to you. You left that Tupperware in my lunch bag. <laughs> oh, wait, it will, you guys, I left a clean Tupperware I didn't in know her it was lunch clean. bag. I just saw that there's and a gigantic she... Tupperware. I left it in there because I thought it might be helpful for her. And then she came in and was like, I see that you left that Tupperware in my bag. And I was like, yeah, it's clean, you dumb bitch. (laughs) 
And then she tried to get smarmy. Like, so like, so you got mad about nothing for that first thing. I'm just cranky today. I left it. I left a clean fork and a clean Tupperware in there for you. Tupperware. And you you got so pissed off about it and then got more mad because there was nothing to be mad about. Whatever, dude. So what were the other three things? I don't remember, but I know that you irritated me three separate times today. So that was one of them. The other thing was the macaroni. What? The macaroni. What about it? When you said I was loudly swallowing. (laughs) You were eating the macaroni <laughs> as loudly. Macaroni. <laughs> you were eating the macaroni as loudly as anybody you could possibly eat macaroni. It's soft. <laughs> you can't eat it that loudly. Well, you were doing it. It was horrible. Then I had to walk out. I had to walk away. Wait, I'm sorry. So that's really only one thing. And that's then you got mad. <laughs> that right now because i said could you turn your ringer off while we're recording the, uh, no the other day <laughs> and then she's trying to tell me <laughs> you're just making me cranky and then she's over here trying to be like <laughs> well everybody <laughs> everybody wants me to have it on yeah like at reasonable times not while we're recording our podcast <laughs> about that one no <laughs> figure out what your problem is <sighs> okay so we're gonna move on <laughs> like i was saying before denise wanted to yell at me about literally everything that i'm doing i didn't yell i took you to target like you should be a little bit nicer to me okay yeah and I bought you coffee this morning. Oh, yeah, you know what? Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, you're being a bitch. So we're going to have to continue this podcast, but in strife. Mm-hmm. Um. So my least favorite book of 2021 was Detransition Baby. Boo. All the gays hate you now. Boo. You, you're a fake ally like <laughs> Tiffany Trump. Bigot. You bigot. Remember when she was like LGBT? No, she left out the T. Oh no, LGBT. What did she say? LGBTQ. Oh, How do you even say it without the T? 
LGBTQIA. How does that even fl- that doesn't even flow? She really had well, to think about it. That's why she stuttered her way through it. LGB She sounded like a damn fool. So, anyways, <clears throat> okay. So the pre- okay. Here's the thing, and like I need you guys to hear me out because I was really excited Boo! for it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, let me give you the premise, okay, and I'll tell you my issues. Premise. Um, this is like a one, and then there's a parentheses in there. Okay, fine. Some of mine are two. I told you one because you talk too much. So this book is about an ambitious novel. Okay, sorry. An this ambitious. Book is an, ambitious novel. <laughs> an ambitious novel about three women. <laughs> One cis woman, one trans woman, and one man, formerly a trans woman, navigating new relationships and motherhood. I'm going to boo at you for calling that man a woman. Well, I didn't... So it was kind of... I didn't know what... (laughs) I I felt like he... I didn't mean to say three women so much as like... Do you want to start over? No, I just... So here was the confusion, too, was okay. he was also thinking about transitioning again in oh, the really? novel. I haven't read it yet. <clears throat> okay. So here's the thing. That is, like, right up my alley because it's a drama. It's got, like, it's a drama that doesn't just have, like, white people and white people things. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of, like, into it. Although it is, like, queer white people. Well, yeah. there It is two queer white people. But you know what I, what I mean? It wasn't just, like... It wasn't a traditional drama. And so I was really excited for it. I was really excited for the premise because I thought it was going to be really, really intriguing. Um, And also just to see, like, I'm not, I'm not any kind of, like, gay. I'm very straight. I did not enjoy it because I found every character insufferable for different reasons. That had to just do with their personality. Their personalities were weird. There was one thing. The cis woman in the story did something that I felt was, like, fucking unforgivable. And that was, like, at the beginning middle of the story. And I was like, we're not all still mad at her. Like, I am. Oh, really? She was really, really, really weird. So, like, one of the things she... (sighs) No, you can't just... I'm going to just give you an example. No, I want to read the book. That's fine. I'm just going to give you one example. It's not even like, it's not anything that's going to change the plot for you. One of the things was that she started questioning, like, both of the, the guy that had been a trans woman Mm -hmm. and an actual trans woman and talking about AIDS. But in that way that, you know, people talk about AIDS, but only with, like, queer people because, yeah. So then I was like, that's very, like, 90s of you, first of all. And second of all, what? so it was like the insinuation was really offensive. And so the, one of the characters got really offended. I felt rightfully so because I was like, that's kind of a weird. That's to give you an example. When I say some of the characters were insufferable, like shit like that would come up and you'd be like, what the fuck? What was the context, though? It was I... a whole thing. I can't get into it. Okay. So the general premise, when I say motherhood, Reese, the man, former trans woman, was is dating the cis woman and I can't remember her name it's not important to me um dating the the cis woman and he gets her pregnant Mm -hmm. and his former girlfriend the other trans woman that they had been together for some time had been wanting to be a mom 
Right, so it was like, that's like a point of conflict between Point them. of conflict between them, and then she wants to be involved somehow, and he wants her involved. That's really weird. So it's a, that's what I'm saying, though. They the weren't situa- together? No. <laughs> the situation's really sticky <clears throat> in a lot of ways. Because then the cis woman's not really sure if she wants to keep the baby. So there's a lot of, like, when I say it's like a true drama, it's a true drama that was done very well. I felt like it was poorly edited. So it's mostly on my worst because it was a disappointment to me. Those sometimes it's it wasn't not necessarily like, like the worst. Yeah, sometimes you know what it's I mean? not about like, wow, I'm truly like this is bad. It's like I have really high expectations for this and it's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> so take so with that being said, and I like to say this about all of the things that I review, just take it with a grain of salt. It's going to be whatever you feel about it, ultimately. I I wouldn't say anything in terms of, like, book criticism other than editing. Mm -hmm. On that was actually bad. So, this is a real question. Do you think a queer person, like, who's really into the community might have a different opinion of it? Yeah, and I feel like that's maybe something that I'm missing, too. So, my worst, okay. I have, man, I wrote, I've read some... So I had a weird year, right? In that I thought that I read a lot of really shitty books. And so when I when we're you were like, we're gonna do a wrap up of like our top five, I was like, fuck, I don't even know if I have a top five because I feel like I read so much garbage this year. And then I was going through my books and I was like, oh no, I like <laughs> I think I liked like eighty-five percent of what I read. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so I don't know what I was... Th- I think last I think year, though, hard. I had, like, heavy hitters that I was like, this is amazing. Oh, yeah, my last year was full of mostly, like, heavy hitters. This, this one year was, like, was... I think I read more what I would, like, categorize as, like, fun stuff. So that's... Yeah. Oh, like, when we were going through the books together, I kept saying, oh, that one was fine. That one was fine. And Denise was like, well, did you like them or not? And I was like, no, I did like them, but they weren't any that I would say were my favorites or were so amazing. Yeah, that's what I did. So I really, but I I got down to like 15 that I was like, I really loved. Mm -hmm. But last year, I feel like I read so many that I loved that it was hard for me to pare it down. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So I thought this list was going to be longer. It's not. So my worst, I'm having a hard time choosing. I think I'm going to go with... um, the Jonathan Kellerman series. Okay. All right. So well, that's was, more than one book. No, it's a okay, but it felt <laughs> like one book of continuous white guy bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So it was a series. It's his Alex Delaware series because if I'm not mistaken, he has other series, and it's about this child psychologist Alex Delaware who solves mysteries he somehow gets involved in mysteries and he uses his child psychologist skills to help solve them um my main issue is one it's like propaganda and then it's homophobic at times and it was written in like the 80s 90s uh, into now so the series has been going on for a while but it's like he would just say weird, like weird, like racist shit that like, you know, he didn't mean to be racist, but it is racist. Like he called this Hispanic woman. Uh, she was like my Mayan princess. Or he would describe fat, fat people were always obese and dumb. So it was just like a lot. It wasn't 
It wasn't a little bit. It was a lot. And then some of his plots would be kind of weird and problematic. Like, he had one where the two women were, like, lesbians and they were in this, like, violent conversion thing. And it was just, it felt like he was like, no, gay people should have rights. That was the implication. But it just felt so terribly done and homophobic. It was so... And I read like nine of them and then I had to tap out because I I read the seventh one first. This is what's got me into the series. And it was so good that I was like, okay, I want to read the series. And it never reached as good as the seventh one. Well, actually, I didn't know that that series had... It was a series? It was a series because I read The Devil's Waltz first and I thought it was really good. I was like, oh, there okay. There was like some weird slut shaming in it at one point. Yeah, but even that, I was like, maybe it's just really dated. But there it was, was not really any like racist shit in there. But then I'm thinking about it now and everybody that they were dealing with was pretty much white. They were all white and they were all like thin, rich people. So, so. <laughs> no... No so room for racism. Better. No, it never got better. It <laughs> so that was the so thing. Weird. We she tried it because she's like, well, this first this one that we started at number seven, we started at was really good. Yeah, and then so one and two, I was like, well, obviously, like the first couple of a series, you're kind of getting your legs. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the Jeffrey Deaver, the Bone Collector is excellent. Started off amazing because the Bone Collector is like one of the best ones in that series. But whatever, I'm not going to compare everyone to Jeffrey Deaver. <laughs> so, um, but it just kept getting worse and weird, and I, I hated his girlfriend in the book. She, because, she was just like the original pick me bitch. Well, because she was like a woman written by man, like. She- God, women were okay. Here's the thing: men who write women, but like write women as their male fantasy. She's so cool. She's not, clingy. and she did seem cool. She's not. She's so cool. She'll she'll do whatever she wants, but at the same time, it's whatever I want too because we want the same thing. Because she's a woman written by a man. Well, she would like do whatever she wanted, but then be like, Alex, I miss you terribly. She, Alex, she wasn't terribly. Um and then they broke up at one point and I was like, good. And then she's like, I just never wanted to be someone who relied on a man. And then she relied on a man. It wasn't even that. It was that I was like, what you're not <laughs> she had a whole ass business. She yeah. made guitars. She built guitars and then got famous. And then would, like, travel all over the world. But somehow she was relying on him for what? I don't know. We don't fucking know. He and was while, not. And he was, like, was, this guy who's, like, yeah, I'm just an old white guy. He's not. He wasn't old. He had old man vibes he is what did. I'm saying. He did have And then old he'd man be, vibes. like, I have a really cool girlfriend. She's a little too free-spirited for me. And then he, while she was off soul-searching, he, like, had a whole relationship with someone else. I know. No, I know. I couldn't believe it. And it wasn't just the whole relationship. It was then, like, he, like, tried to minimize it when she came back. Anyway, so that was the worst. That was, and yeah, I am counting it as my worst book because I read, like, nine of them. And I was like, I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> That's on you. Um, but we do have good reviews. Uh, so I'll start with my number one for my top five. So mine are not in any particular order. It's just kind of how... I I mean, I just picked them. 
So I don't want to say top five and then I'm like counting down from five. I'm just counting down whatever I liked. Mm -hmm. So the first one that I picked, though, was Outlawed. A little short synopsis about it. In an alternate universe, it's 1894 and every married woman must have children or be doomed to be hanged as witches. Ada escapes and joins a gang of outlaws called Hole in the Wall Gang. So it wasn't just her town, it was like everyone? Yeah, it was like everyone. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she goes and joins this gang. There's some, this one was really interesting because it was also like, it was a Western. It was set in 1894. It was like, it had more, it had a lot to do with this discussion of what like is femininity and like womanhood and in motherhood. And what all of those things could potentially mean mm-hmm. outside of women just to have to have children. Got it. Got it. So my first question that we are addressing today, what criticism do you have for this book? It was a little, <laughs> in some parts it was a little on the nose. Like it really, like its metaphors were not very subtle. It's obviously talking about, you know, it's it's giving us this like fictional story that's really like, a theory of framework for like motherhood and womanhood and stuff like that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's discussing, discussing all these themes and in this, in this fictional story, but there at times it just feels very obvious and like a little heavy handed. But do I think that takes away from the story? No, I liked it. I loved it a lot. Okay. So my, my book is Rock, Paper, Scissors by Alice Feeney. Mm-hmm. And it was like my book of the month in July or some shit like that. Okay. Okay. I Here's my thing. I had a hard time with thrillers this year. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was picking up some fucking garbage. Yeah, some just fun. garbage thrillers. Or they were only okay. Uh-huh. And so this made it on my top five, not because this was like the most astoundingly amazing book, but it was like a really, it was like a pretty good thriller. It was a solid, I was surprised by it, thriller. Mm-hmm. However, this is the criticism one, right? Um, I just feel like, and this is with like 90% of thrillers I read, there are always like weird points of, I can't drop my reality and pretend like that wasn't a loophole (laughs) okay yeah (laughs) i'm trying to remember what the phrase is um but i can't at this time so yeah like when when you're kind of expected to ignore it in favor of the story as a whole Mm -hmm. like that's fine but that's gonna always be my main criticism of thrillers like some do it really well to where i don't remember them but this one, like any of them, I think there was like a couple of questions I had after reading it. So that is, so I really like, so it's Rock, Paper, Scissors by mm-hmm. Alice Feeney. Okay. I would pick it up if you like thrillers. Oh, I didn't even say what it was about. <laughs> <laughs> this couple goes to this secluded church chapel for a weekend vacation. Shit happens. I don't know why you would go to a secluded church chapel in the first place. That, that's it. That's my one. All I remember thinking was like, man, that feels cold. <laughs> no, I, I like that book a lot. I did like that book. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Who doesn't love vindictive women? All right. My second one. Again, not listed in any particular order. It was really weird that you had no pause between women and all right. You went women. All right. <laughs> Just really women. 
the thought there's just ladies ladies um olga dies dreaming is my second book here it's actually olga dies dreaming (laughs) why'd you make me stutter through that (laughs) olga dies you said said dreaming (laughs) bitch i did not say obadiah (laughs) (laughs) so olga is a wedding planner with a sometimes shady outlook towards her clientele and daughter to a hardcore overbearing activist mother who puts her activism before her children. Um, I actually wasn't looking forward to this book. You know what's crazy is I didn't hear about this or of a diet not heard of either of these books this one was this one's new i just got it in oh, november okay that's maybe december okay. no it was one of my december books here's the thing i wasn't on, expecting to like it at all because it's technically a romance would it be surprising to you that olga is in fact a little cord cold towards love i would not be surprised given that her mom literally just ditched her to go activist what was she activisting about <laughs> She was like um more of like a socialist and very much similar to like Jane like those revolutionaries that were coming out in Cuba and stuff oh, like that. Okay. But they were Puerto Rican, so it had a lot more to do with the U.S. in that sense. It was a romance though, and but the romance here's what I really liked about it because I really don't like romances. But what I did like about this one is that it was not wholeheartedly focused on the romance at all. It was like one of the many things that was happening in Olga's life at that time. And so she's becoming really like very burnt out with doing weddings. She's looking at, you know, she's realizing this huge shadow her mom has over her life. Because even though her mom's not around, she sends her periodic letters to basically tell Olga she fucking sucks for all the choices she's making. Because she's, even though she's a very successful woman and really made like a name for herself, her mom is like, but you're not doing any activism. You're not standing up for your people. You're not doing enough. Alright. So it's a very good book. And then you do find the romance and that was like really sexy and hot and it was cute. For sure. And I loved it a lot. So my question here is, what character did you relate to or find more significant? Um, is it Olga? <laughs> I did. But here's why I liked Olga. Because she is a shady bitch. Like, so one of the things is that she's this really prominent wedding planner. And she, <laughs> at one point, is explaining her her late pay policy which is basically, you know, she's a wedding, she's this wedding planner, so they get paid periodically. So mm-hmm. they get paid, like, a deposit and then paid periodically, like, monthly, as long as it takes what they're working with your wedding or whatever. And she was basically saying if her clients don't pay her on the day that she's supposed to be paid, she would tack on a $700 fee for every day that they're late because she's working for these, like, extremely wealthy people. Okay, that makes sense. So... And it would be something that would be in, like, the fine print of her contract. So they wouldn't actually know about the late fee. And then they would, you know, she would tack on this money and then tell them, hey, this is your bill. And not really go into, like, the details of it. 
I mean... So, like, okay. $700 a day from these really rich-ass people. That's what I'm saying. Like, she was shady, but it was kind of, like... Like, I get it. Like, the, <laughs> the mean, logic made sense ha- for me. Have, they wouldn't have to worry about it if they did what they needed to do. And that's... A lot of it was her just taking advantage of, like, these people's carelessness, more or less. And so, I really enjoyed that because I feel like I can be a sneaky, sneaky snake woman. But just, like... Taking advantage of what I see that I can take advantage of in some ways. I also just liked it because she was a really realistic main character. Mm. Um, very much like just because she in no part of the book was it ever expected that you were either going to like really really like her or think she was perfect. Mm. You are going with her on like a series of mixed emotions, and they definitely like give you her flaws and they don't try and like paint over or make them seem better than they are it's kind of a matter of like do you agree with her logic or not got it and so i ended up really liking her but i just thought it was like a really refreshing main character because it wasn't it wasn't also like the very um generic romantic trope of well she's like super clumsy or she's you know she she's been hurt in the past Mm-hmm. So it was it wasn't it didn't give you anything generic for her to deal with and why that made romance like more complex with her. It was like a very like real well this is just kind of the person That's that interesting she is because it's almost like a cliche that she's like a wedding planner or whatever. Yeah. And so it's, it's like kind of cool that it branched out. I I actually really enjoyed that part of it. So I would say I definitely loved Olga a lot. My other book is Pizza Girl by Jean Keong Frazier. I know you did not care for this book, but I Just fucking like loved fuck this out. book. I loved it. So it's basically about, she's 18 or 19. She's pregnant. She lives with her mom and her boyfriend. And she connects on a very, well, what she thinks is a very deep level to this older woman with a kid. She senses that they may relate to each other. And then she kind of falls in love with her. Um, And it just... Between she feels like this intense loneliness, this confusion. She's still still reeling from the loss of her dad. And she's pregnant. And she's a whole lot going on in her life. She makes a series of weird decisions that leads her to the end. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not that I didn't like this book. It's that it made me... It bummed me out so much. And I was like, you're self-destructing. Yeah, like 100%. And that was like the whole thing is this book is basically like, it's without giving you any details, the bare minimum default of this book is you're watching someone in a self-destruction cycle. Mm -hmm. And it just gets worse and worse. And then it only gets minutely better by the end. Yeah, that's the thing that bummed me out, too, was I was like, it's only a little better. I also, so that, so I, but I liked it because I liked her. And I didn't feel like she had the worst life ever, don't get me wrong. But she just had so much going on. Mm-hmm. And it was just very difficult to watch. But also very enthralling. It's also a really fast read. Mm-hmm. Because it was like 200 pages max. So the question for this one is what character did you relate to or find more significant? Okay, so it was 
so I found the main character <laughs> very relatable, but oh, not. You think you're the main character? No, yes, but not relatable like now, as someone who's very who's mostly stable. It's like I I kind of understood like I related to her, but when I was like in grad school and in my first major relationship, um, because those were when I was in a self destruct cycle. But at the same, I don't know. So, so everything that she felt and the complicated things that were going on in her life, I, I, I related to them. So for those of you who are not our longtime friends, so maybe you, we're just strangers to you or <laughs> vague acquaintances. Um, there was a period of time for maybe like what, like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Where me and Denise didn't talk um, because of her relationship with said former partner. And we legitimately just, like, weren't friends. We weren't... We didn't talk. We... That was... Yeah, that was rough, though. <laughs> so sad. That was really sad for us. Because... Well, because along with you, I didn't really talk to anyone. There's a very isolating relationship. But I'm the most important. No, it's true. Say it. Okay, yes. <laughs> well okay and so she was really isolated in this she's not talking about me anymore all right and so i just really related to her i related to her being really weird as fuck and making really weird self-destructive decisions and it was just it was a tough read but i i kind of like i understood her Mm -hmm. and so yeah i did too and that might have been why it bummed me out but you didn't like her Last time we talked about this, you were like, I didn't like her at all. I had to give myself space from the book. Oh, okay. I think she kept frustrating me, and that's what it was. No, she was very frustrating, and that was also part of the reason why I related to her so much, was because I was very frustrated with myself for, like, three straight years. There was a period of time where Denise would just burst into tears (laughs) and just cry. No, shh. And she would just cry, but it would be in, like, weird moments. And sometimes I'd just walk into the house and I'd be like, why are you crying? Like, what happened? But it wasn't, like... It wasn't, like, It it was, like, sobbing. It was, like, full-body sobbing. It was, like, violent sobbing. So, and (laughs) just in my experience of full-body sobbing, a lot of times that's precipitated by an event. So I would come home... And she would be violently sobbing. And I'd be like, what happened? And she'd be like, nothing. I'm just sad. And I wouldn't, like, I didn't understand that. Because I was like, <laughs> like, being sad, you'd go cry in your car for a few minutes. No. Which is what I do. There was legitimately one time I cried for 16 hours straight. I'm not, I counted. I was just, there were tears leaking out of my eyes for 16 <laughs> hours straight. <laughs> and then there was another time I slept for 16 hours straight. So I don't know what was going on with Bitch, me. that's called Tuesday for me. <laughs> this okay. Christmas break has really wrecked any semblance of a schedule I had. Oh, me too. We but- both work for schools. And so we're on this three-week Christmas break. But I'm just like, how do I be an adult? Oh, I'm drinking a White Claw at 3 o'clock. I'm not drinking a White Claw because I'm going to work later. But <laughs> if I wasn't, I would. Oh, that was a good sentence. Okay, do you want do you want to move on? Do we want to move on to Yeah, we'll move on to my next book because we're running out of the time. 
Um, my next book was Kindred by Octavia Butler. Ooh. So I forgot I read that this year, and I was really excited to find out that I read it. 26-year-old Dana, a black woman, is yanked into Annabella, Maryland, and inexplicably linked with a white man to save him every time his life is in peril. So the book starts with you literally like it starts off pretty hot um and you see kind of the aftermath of one episode but then you're immediately introduced to dana and she is yanked into this guy's life um the first time she meets this white guy he is a little boy Mm -hmm. and she saves him from drowning Mm -hmm. and then um every time after that He's, he re- gets progressively older. She stays 26. I heard it's really di- disturbing. It's So here's what's disturbing is because some, okay, so one of the major, one of the major, <laughs> I'm just trying to articulate because the whole book's really disturbing. Is it? So it's technically a horror novel and so it's very unsettling. That just doesn't sound horror. Oh. Like the way you're so, describing it. Because a lot of scary shit's happening. Um. And really, like, the first scene you have is that she doesn't have one of her arms. But she has it when she goes back? No, like, she came back with no arm. What the fuck? That's what I'm saying. So it does start off really spicy. Can you shut up for one second? (laughs) It starts off really spicy. And it kind of has these moments of, like, terror. But kind of the premise of that novel is terrifying because she's someone who didn't grow up in slavery. She's being sent back to slavery times, having to act like she's um, not a free woman. Yeah. So it's like going into a game with no fucking rules. Like, you, like yeah, you know what we learned um, in school and if you did outside research at all. that's still white But that's not like, and that's not like the daily life of what you actually experience. So it's kind of like you have this dread every time she goes back. And really the time, every time that she goes back, time elapses differently. Mm-hmm. Where she, the first episode, I think she was gone for like a whole night. Um she in like the real world she's only gone for an hour oh so she's not aging with it her husband gets pulled in there at some point like and she has a white husband so there's like that whole thing i know so well and then with the white husband like he gets to be a free white man and she's do you find out why why she's pulled into the yeah so every time this guy is in danger the guy she's linked to or about to die she's sent back and you find out why? No. Oh. Oh, you don't find... No, you don't find out the motive behind that. What the fuck? Just that they're linked and that that's what's happening. I guess my thing is, is like, yeah, you could play that as that's like kind of... A, that is a very terrifying experience to be a black woman and sent into the... Into well, and then but I, you could play it sad or dramatic, too. There's also like sexual violence and just oh, no. a series of things that are brought up. And so it's very, very good. Okay. Very good. Do you ever think about... Just vaguely jumping off of this, how when we learned about slavery in school, they kind of minimized the number of years it went on for. Yeah, and slavery didn't last that long. Sometimes I think about, like, it was hundreds of years. Like, literally hundreds of years. And. People born and died in slavery. Like, generations generations. over. And I just think about how that's a really minimized fact when you learn about it in school. And I. I. 
it's just crazy to me because it was like 400 years right Mm -hmm. so anyways i was just thinking about that when you were talking so with that being said my third question here what did you love about this book so i liked that it while it's it's technically a horror novel um it definitely has a sci-fi element element to it kind of like a historical drama element to it but also that it's not traditionally horrifying Mm. like it's scary in parts but that it kind of builds off of the dread of the situation i feel like i'm being drawn more towards that type of horror lately because it is like kind of like psychological thrillers which i really like anyways Mm -hmm. and so like splatterpunk and gory shit doesn't normally like unless it's really well written and has like a good plot it's not doing it for me and it's really like the psychological and the more thought out horror that that's kind of pushing my buttons at this time in my life totally you know what i'm really Mm. thinking about right now it's got nothing to do with anything (laughs) Okay. The C's candy women bring chocolate to Torrid. <laughs> they bring chocolate to Torrid. Oh, that's really nice. Um, and so we've just had fucking huge boxes of C's candy. Wait, how much chocolate? Do like those, you, you know, like the ones that are like pounds. Yeah. So they bring us like the one and a half pound a box. Why? It's just stuff they have, so they bring it to us for free. Yes. What? They just give it to the store. They said, we know which store has all the fat girls in it. And it's you guys. Yeah. Well, they leave fucking and chocolate You know, it's us, crazy. I love it. I'm us. the fattest person at Asian. Oh, no, I'm this. I'm, I'm one of the fat. There's two fat people and it's me and there's a manager at H&M. Must be hard for you. It is hard because these ladies aren't bringing us candy. <laughs> Fuck. No, they bring us candy. I think it's because like two of them shop at Torrid. That's cute. So, you know, I was just thinking about how much I wanted to see candy right now <laughs> while we were chatting. Um, go ahead and tell me your third book. Okay, okay. Um, what was the question? I'm trying to align my questions to what I can best answer. With the question, what did you love about this book? Okay, so my book is On the Beach. It's by this dude named Neville. Shoot. <laughs> And it was published in 1957. This is not a new book. <laughs> but I fucking loved it because it's a post pop 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 a post <laughs> I hate myself post apocalyptic novel and it's basically like World War 3 has happened and at this point people are waiting to die. And so you're in this Australia is one of the last areas that has not been totally taken over by radiation. But it's slowly coming. Mm. And so people have a general, like, time time frame in which they're going to fucking die. And it's just about you follow six or seven people and what how they deal with the impending end of the world. And it's not as gory or gruesome as you think a lot of people kind of just live their best lives but in and it's not like as excessive as you think that would be and a lot of people make future plans for a future that may never happen you know we just watched (laughs) the movie don't look up and it really made me think about what would i do and before he even said it i remember thinking i was just like 
I would just do what I normally did. Like, I don't, like, the things that I normally do make me happy. It's weird, because On the Beach literally, like, if I were to suggest a movie to watch with On the Beach, it would be Don't Look Up. Because it really makes you wonder, like, what do I do when there's, like, a crisis and the end of the world is coming? Like, how are people going to act? And it, it wasn't, like, as crazy as you think it would be. Mm-hmm. And it's just... So it's a really good book. It's, it is a fucking bummer because you are just reading about the end of the world. And, yeah. What was the question? So the question for this one is, what did you love about this book? It really made me think about... How I would spend my last days on. Hold on. She she was going to pause, though, and just say that. (laughs) She was really going to give you the ninth grade answer to a book report. It really made me think. Oh, my God. Shut up. It really made me think. It's not, I wasn't going to pause there. It was because Runt started climbing on me and I was going to kiss her. And then I realized this is being recorded. <laughs> this isn't just a convo. So say that again. What did you like about this book? <laughs> Shut up. It just, it, I really like sat there and thought about, damn, what would I do if I, the world was going to end and I had a date by which I should take a suicide pill? Like, what should I do? I don't know. I haven't figured cuddle with my Oh, that was in the book? That you had to take a suicide pill? You didn't mention that, so I looked at you really alarmed for a second. Because you would die of radiation poisoning. Which is, like, slow and painful. Oh, God. Versus just, like, taking a tablet and dying in your sleep. Um, We don't fuck up Target the morning of. (laughs) I feel like any event (laughs) is always going to be preceded by fucking up target no for real there's this tiktok that we saw like it's been like a year and a half yeah um by michael d burke mm-hmm. and he's like do you want to just like fuck up target do you want to just go fuck up target do you want to just like fuck up target but this was like and he marissa sent it to me and this was when we were going to target like weekly you know this was at the beginning of the pandemic when there was not a lot going on, so you could just go fuck up Target. Yeah. But also... Responsibly. It yeah. It wasn't like we were just there just to buy things. No, I mean, we... Here, the issue... Okay. The issue is that we don't make shopping lists. Yeah. So, I mean, I always need to buy... Every week, I need to buy five things that I forgot last week. <laughs> So it's a continuing, it's a continuing and, revolving cycle. Well, and I said, I told Marissa at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, I'm not fucking going to Walmart. It's too crowded. There's too many freaks that go there. <laughs> like, I can't do it. And so, and it's dirty. The one by our house is like gross. So we just started going to Target because it's also slightly closer. And now we just fuck up Target. I don't know. Do you want to just like fuck, fuck up Target? Target? So anyways, so... You know, I don't want to talk about that book anymore. <laughs> I don't want to consider my mortality right now. Right. Um, my fourth book. <laughs> I was reading my list. My fourth book is The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. And I'm going to say this by saying I always fucking like, I tell people don't buy me romance. They don't Isn't like romance. Another romance. It's another romance. <laughs> Two of them make it under time. I had two sneaky romances. 
<laughs> Do you think maybe you just like romance? No. Okay. Not at all. But I like these two. <laughs> a woman makes a deal with the devil. Basically, it's not the devil. It's like a demon, but it's the devil. In order to escape an awful marriage, but with the cost of everyone forgetting her as they meet her. Sounds pretty good. So it's, and it's, it's terrible because you don't even get like five seconds of remembrance. Like they look at you and that's it. So this one is a romance and it ends not at all the way that you think it's going to actually end, which is what made it for me. Mm. And it is a little bit on the longer side for sure, because you're traveling through different centuries and areas with her. Isn't she like a mortal or something? Yeah. So why would you? Okay. So unfortunately, it's not that she's immortal. It's that she has to willingly give up her soul. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, it was very good. But um, give her soul to this demon. Yeah, the devil. Oh yeah, I'm good. So well, and that's why she stays alive so long because that was part of their deal that she would be when she was ready. Mm. So she just stays alive. Um, Is it the demon? <clears throat> she falls in love with the demon. No. Okay. But that's, it's a big factor into... Is it really? Yeah, that's a big factor. Not that she's in love with him, but, like, there's an interesting sexy romance thing there, too. With not, a demon? Not sex. I don't know how to explain it, bitch, and I don't... Stop! <laughs> <laughs> you told me a short synopsis. I'm just asking So questions. it's a whole thing because the de- he's, like, kind of sexy. <laughs> you looked at me with your big cow eyes, and I just thought I was supposed to ask questions. No. So... <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's her traveling through... Well, don't through tell us about the damn ending. Tw- no, it's just her traveling through the ages, and then you can also... It's kind of like Forrest Gump, where, remember, he ha- he's, like, part of all these randomly, like, huge, like, history oh, events. Oh, that's fun. Okay. Kind of like that, where you see her through her perspective, different ages of time. So this where, is set where in does France, end, for the most part. Where does it end up? Like, what time period? Like, now? Like, modern, yeah. I can't remember exactly the year. Oh, okay. But it's, like, 2019 or something. So what's your question for this one? So my question for this one is, do you feel like the reviews were fair for this book? So, yes. I thought that the reviews on it were really fair. Um, In terms of, like, people really liking it and what reasons they liked it for. Somebody wrote that it's a love letter for art. And that's fair because a lot of how things are described, a lot of, like, I don't know how to describe it. This also had a lot of like historical his like um background in it. So I really I mean I do agree with the reviews of it. Mm-hmm. Now with that being said <laughs> I have never understood when people get fixated on a book mm-hmm. and then like start doing like fanfic and like art and shit like that. Yeah. It's weird. So there's like a little bit of a cult following with this book. Well, because they there's a lot of sexy scenes between her and the demon. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. stop. <laughs> but it's because there's a lot of like really like vivid imagery used in it. It's almost like setting you up for people to really get creative with it. Okay, you know what I mean. Um, so I just. I don't understand. I don't that. understand people's fixation on certain things like that only because I'm like there's so much media and like other things to explore constantly that I just don't have time to fixate on one thing. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I also don't have the patience 
Like, I'll fix, if I do fixate on something, it's briefly, and then I jump to the new thing. You know what I mean? Denise has fixated on something every year of our life. Yeah, yeah. I'm like a jack of all trades, though. It's all different. This year. <laughs> I'm going to think about what you fixated on. This year, she fixated on the fucking different milk she puts in her coffee. It's, oh, my God. Oh, and she got fixated on hot coffee and not using sugar, using stevia. So her coffee was, like, a really big fixation. And the thing with Denise is when she gets fixated on things, she literally talks about them all the time. Did I talk about that? I'm so sorry. But she just, like, sprinkles it. She sprinkles it in a conversation. So then you don't feel like you notice it, but then you realize in one week, Denise has talked about her coffee like 12 different times. That's so crazy of me. But so she's done this since we were like young, where she gets like randomly fixated on shit and then brings it up as often as possible. And it's just like whatever she's into at the time. One time. Because there was a really long time where she wouldn't stop talking about Matt McGorry. Matt McGorry. You talked about him all the time at some points. Really? Yeah. I remember mine for my one of my first ones was Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr. It was really weird. <laughs> that was high school. He was an alcoholic superhero too. Like, what did you get fixated with? I don't know. It first of all it was one of the first Marvel movies, so it was like really well done. Yeah, that first Iron Man's really good, yeah. That just outed me as so old. Um, So I really liked it. I liked the story. And then I just had a major crush on Robert Downey Jr. So I was like... So she was obsessed with Iron Man for so fucking long. And I, like, briefly got into comic books from that. But again, I'm like a jack of all trades with that shit. So I know a little bit about that stuff, but not a lot. Like, don't fucking quiz me in depth, but I could tell you some stuff. No, but she can, I mean, she reads enough to let you know uh, for the next eight weeks. Yeah. Her fixation with said thing. Yeah, 100%, 100%. So what is your next book for this? Oh, it was We Need to Talk About Kevin by Lionel Shriver. Okay. I... I thought that book was so good. And here's the thing. It's about Kevin is a school shooter. And so she's kind of, she's his mom. It's her diary journal thing. And she's just talking about who she is as a person, how growing up, how raising Kevin was. And like just her life around and how a lot of her life revolved around Kevin. I loved it. Okay. And it has fairly good reviews on Goodreads. But one of the things that sticks out to me is that a lot of people criticize the idea that Shriver was trying to put the idea that Kevin was born evil. People seem very, like, offended by the very, like, implication. First of all, Shriver does not have a dog in this fight. I don't think she's saying that. Like, I don't think that she's putting forth that idea. I think Eva, Kevin's mom, is trying to figure out, like, the path of their relationship and why it has always been so tumultuous and they've always been at odds. Well, I also didn't get the idea that she was saying he was born, like, evil. I think a lot of it she was crediting to the environment. The mom didn't know how to raise him and she didn't try that hard either. Because, like, a lot of it's her being just very, like, emotionally cold. Yeah, 
And so part of it was also, and so I, I also want to say that when, like, that whole part with him being a baby and her feeling like there was something wrong with him, part of that also came from her husband's insistence that nothing was wrong with him. I need people to understand that that is not a fair criticism, criticism of that book. Shriver is not saying children are born evil and that's why they become school shooters. Shriver is constructing this complicated mother, a complicated mother-son relationship, and trying to kind of, like, take us through Eva's psyche and why she would think her kid would turn out to be a school shooter. So while I do agree with a lot of reviews, I think that's a weird kind of, like, people are personalizing it critique, almost. Like, they're getting offended by something that Shriver's not saying it as a fact, you know what I mean? So I don't think that's a fair Yeah, I mean, I think people are really... I also don't like the reviews that were like... Well, I don't like the reviews that were like, I don't like Eva, the main character. You weren't really supposed to like her. You weren't supposed to like her. She was an asshole. And even she knows that she's kind of an asshole. Like, she's sitting there like, eh, like, I'm kind of a But I also don't think... It matters if you like her or not. You're just trying to get this story well, about this also, kid. And what what it would feel like to raise a school shooter. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like you were supposed to like her for so many reasons. So that's my thing is like, I think most of the reviews are good. I think they're critiques. There are definitely critiques of this book. Um, Some of the critiques just, those two in particular, I don't find them valid at all. (laughs) I also don't find the ones where they're like, the wording is too flowery. Okay. Um, It's a style. I think it's hard to critique an author's writing style. Um, But I also will say... Does she do the style well or not? Yeah. I will also say that those kind of critiques are a little bit invalid. Only because she's not presenting the story as truth, as a biopic, as a documentary. Right. Like, she's not trying to document actual cases of school shooters and real people. She's just giving an example and a really kind of, like, horrible example of one mother-son relationship. Yeah, because it's not... It is about him being a school shooter, and at the same time, it's also transcends to just their relationship and also just the complexity of relationships i think it really a lot of it is painted nuance like she's really saying there's a lot more nuance than you know this is what these people are this is what this mom is or this is what this kid is here's the nuance behind all of that no 100 percent. and i just so i like those three critiques in particular i'm like yeah, the language is flowery, but she does it well. It's not bad. Because mm-hmm. I've read shitty flowery. There's a difference. And then those two critiques, I just feel like maybe you're offended. <laughs> but like you, like that's not a critique. You're just offended. That's not took a it valid critique. Weirdly personally. <laughs> and then for my last book, my final book here, I have... Memorial Drive. Memorial Drive is truly one of the most intriguing true crime stories I've read because a lot of it's not really so much true crime as a history, like a biography. And so that was really intriguing to me because technically it falls under true crime and it also falls under biography. And I definitely do think it shared both of those 
in the most intriguing way. But you are looking at Natasha um, Tree the Way. I don't know why that was really hard for me to get that out there. Who is 19 years old at the time when her mother is shot and killed by a former stepfather who was more or less stalking and harassing her at that point in her life. They were separated, but he was... Just harassing her that whole time. But what it does is that it actually starts from kind of like that day and travels through her mom's personal history and background and experiences with her own mom and things of that nature. And then it eventually, it's it's kind of one of those things where you get so caught up in the story of the mom Mm -hmm. that when it gets to her actual death, you're like, what the fuck? Really? (laughs) Yeah, because it is, it's, you... It wasn't just about that. That's kind of nice. You know, sometimes true crimes are so sensational that they really do not talk about the victim enough. Right. And so it's kind of nice that this whole thing is mostly, it's like a biography about her mom. And and then then her death. And her daughter's, the daughter's perspective. So I feel like that definitely colors it as well. That's nice. That's interesting. Okay. What made it so good? Um, it was just deeply, it was. What made what made it make it into my top five? Um, it was deeply moving, mm. very poignant, very oh, it like crushed your soul. The ending when she dies also is frustrating, mm-hmm. um, because when you read it, it's a really short book, really fast read. But when you read it, it's a death that was preventable, mm. um, because the mom did, and this is. What's most frustrating? Mom did everything right. She reported him. Oh no! Way. She had yeah. She I mean she did everything that she the fucking could. The things we have in place. The things that we have in place women. that don't protect women. She had everything in place, and basically there was a cop that was supposed to be there, um, at her apartment because they knew that he was coming to come get her. What the fuck? They, yeah, that's what I'm saying. She did everything, quote unquote, right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and. <clears throat> The cop, I believe, leaves mm-hmm. when he's not supposed to be. Basically, he's supposed to be there the whole night. He's not there the whole night. He leaves. The stepfather comes and kills her. Bro, what the fuck? And it, that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, that, that fucking part where she dies, you know, you've gotten, you spent so much time actually getting to know her. That when that happens, you're, you're heartbroken, but you're also angry because it was something that, again... She took, she did what she was supposed to do, and she still died. That's because all that, all the things that you're supposed to do as a woman are, like, well, she's also like weird legality. And, and she's also a black well. woman. Yeah. And so I feel like it's just a huge commentary on, you know, the issue in our system where this is supposed to be protecting her, and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so the ending is really, really good. The whole book is just very good. I, like read through it very quickly just because I enjoyed it so much but um yeah it's it's really heartbreaking for sure so sorry that's a bummer (laughs) I have like a really random assorted like yeah I definitely recommend it and what is your fifth book okay 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 um The Price of Salt by Patricia Highsmith who you may know by her Ripley series not Ripley believe it or not Ripley's, <laughs> but you know the talented Mr. Ripley. Um, the movie sucks. The movie's garbage, but the book's really good. 
she wrote this lesbian pulp novel under the name Claire Morgan in the 40s or 50s, if I'm not mistaken. It's one of, it's a, it's a really renowned lesbian novel because both of the protagonists um, do not die at the end of it. So they're both alive. It's very romantic. It's very heartwarming. It made me believe in love. And if you have and um if you have seen or heard of the movie Carol with Kate Blanchett, my lady, and Rooney Mara, my other lady, this is that's what the that movie is based on, this book. You know, they were just in, in Nightmare Alley together. Um <laughs> Rooney Mara called her a frozen face bitch. Just that frozen face bitch. And I was like, honestly, yeah, that's a pretty good description of Kate Blanchett. Don't um talk, hold on. Don't talk she about She was a frozen face like bitch that. in that movie. Oh, she looks so hot doing it. Cause she didn't move her face. Yeah, she looked mean and horrible and I was into it. But um yeah, the price of salt is I mean, I haven't read The Price of Salt, but Carol itself was very romantic. And also just a really interesting romance. So I liked watching, so I watched Carol and I was like, this was fine. I liked, but I'm a cheerleader better, but whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I read this and I was like, oh, this fills in so many gaps Mm -hmm. of the movie that I like both of them now very, very much. Yeah, that's the issue is that it just, it doesn't, I'm sure. There was a lot of great implication in it, but for me reading it mm-hmm. and then connecting it to the movie worked really well. Yeah, I there's definitely movies that who have technically been well done, but when you read the book alongside of it, you're like, oh, that's even better. Yeah, so, and I, I watched Carol last year too, so it was like a very romantic lesbian time for me. I love that for you, and <laughs> I also like that frozen face, bitch, <laughs> Kate Blanchett. <laughs> Um, but, yeah. So, what about this book set it ahead of the rest? Or did I ask that yet? You didn't ask that. I didn't ask that. Okay, what about this book set it ahead of the um, rest? Um, it was so, like, meticulously detailed. It's a very dense book. And you really get into the lives of both of these women. And you have a very full picture of these women. And you kind of get like a glance at what it might have been like to be a lesbian in this time period in New York. And that's also kind of interesting. Mm. Romance aside, it's really a well thought out book. And you can tell it's Patricia Highsmith because there is a bit of intrigue. There is a little bit of suspense with it. There's Mm -hmm. a, there's like the plot twist is very thrillery in mm-hmm. nature. And have you seen the original pulp cover? It's fucking gorgeous. No, I'll look it up. But I am glad that we talked about this. Oh, that's I'm a good gl- one. <laughs> glad that we reviewed these books. Um, we did not do it fast at all. No, no. This is going to be so <laughs> this is long. Gonna be so long. Um, we <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast in 2021. <laughs> It's been amazing of you and frankly generous to Thank some you. extent. Thank you. 2022, we're coming back. We're starting strong with um, Daisy Jones and the Six and, and Opal and Neve. 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 Whatever. Um, we're going to talk about both of those in our next podcast. It's going to be cool. It's going to be sexy. 2022 is going to be our year where we add five more subscribers. <laughs> I'm manifesting Five it. more. Five more. Anyways, thank you so much. And we hope to have you listen to our next podcast. Catch you on the flip side, bitches. bitches.